You are listening to Inspirado Projecto. Get ready. Wowzers, wowzers, ladies, gentlemen, creatures, monsters, extraterrestrials, plants, amphibians, whales, and undiscovered mammalians. Of course, all the invisibles. Hello, all my invisibles, my invisible friends, family, ancestors, and descendants. Since everything is all happening now, one big now. Interweaving. One big blanket. We've got an extraordinary, extraordinary episodic available. Oh, we got Marky here. Maybe if we're lucky, we got some purring going on here. Hold on. Giddy. Oh, hi, dear. Hello, there. Hello, there. Let's see if we get some purring going on. Hi. Here's some purring, please. Here's some purring. Oh, here we go. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. I would ever come my way. Get your motor running. So that's Marky. He's like a real life Garfield. This episodic is going to explode your brain. By the way, we have uh, an exclusive, an exclusive Christor Inc. promo. For you, this is to get you a little bit better acquainted. You've heard me talk about Christor. You've heard me talk about the Varels Bridge Society. You've heard me talk about DJ Scaramanga Silk, Wiley Herman, Spencer McCall, and the others. There's so many. The skies. uh, So many things happening. So many parallel things going on. Wait, what's happening here? Did, did someone come walking through here? No. It's not like some guy was like, hey, come on, I'm just going to come on <laughs> walk through here. I thought there was like a plumber or something. No, no. It totally sat. I was out there on the balcony. I thought I was like, yeah, I'm just going to make my way through here. And I thought I heard you say something like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's back there or something like that. I'm like, what the heck? Did someone just walk through here, like walk through the apartment? And I was like, no. And he's like, it's out like some guy with yeah, like you just let someone in the door. Yeah. I'm just gonna come through here now. Like I imagine, like a guy, like an older guy, baseball cap, like a dark gray. Well, I thought, I thought maybe there's some go because didn't they shut off the? I think they shut off the uh, water earlier today, right? I, for some reason, I stuck in my brain that some like maintenance guy came through. Oh my god. So you get to hear an extraordinary uh, interview with Scar- DJ Scarmanga Silk. This is part two, by the way. We had a part one. And I wanted to space them out. Because these things, you know, there's some convoluted cosmic information on here. Naturally, I want to be able to space it out. Nobody wants to, uh, to uh, you know, it's like when you got too many tabs open on the computer and it starts moving sluggish. You want to be able to, you know, handle it. want to be able to handle it. 
So uh, it's like it's like jumping into a video game and not knowing what any of the any of any what's going on. You're just uh, you're just blasted, man. You're just blasted with a bunch of stuff, man. You're dealing with man. You're dealing with a bunch of stuff, man. So DJ Scarmanga Silk, I'm gonna share with you a Crystal Inc. promo. Also, if I'm if I'm hearing his name correctly, Atlas Dragon. From the Varels Bridge Society. This, of course, this, of course, is a faction of, and also not in addition to, <laughs> the reality of Christor Inc. This is wrapped up within that mythos, and I suggest all of you go to check out Christorinc.com. I'm of course putting this in the description. You better believe it. Why would I not put a link in here? What kind of mind would I be in if I didn't put in a link to lead you there? The breadcrumbs, baby. The breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs. Oh, also, we're going to hear uh, a uh, message from Man Behind the Machine. We, we, we have such an abundance of these messages from Man Behind the Machine. He's undoubtedly um, featured once, twice, perhaps even on some occasions thrice. Uh, but I like to distribute his information through here as well. It's very important, people. It's very, very, very important, people. Very important. Also, thank you so much to Maria Humphreys for opening up the episode. And without further ado, and definitely without further ado, here comes an episode of Inspirato Projecto. Now, of course, real fast, <laughs> send me any of your audio if you want to participate in the shenanigans known as Inspirado Projecto. Inspirado Projecto. That's the official theme song. Uh, and then if you want to call in, of course, 561-203-9179-er. Here's how that theme song goes. 561-203-9179-er. All right, uh, yeah, call us up, call us up, leave a message. We want you to be included. Goodbye. For now. When you're lost, who do you want to find you? In what form does this creature manifest? And at what time in the night does he come for you? Every year, millions of hardworking Americans experience cosmic encounters with moderate to severe disorientation. Christor can help. Christor is a handheld calcite defibrillator capable of generating surges and binary distress signals throughout the Sigma Quadrant. Christor is not for everyone. Some aquatic mammals have experienced dizziness and confusion while using Christor. Side effects do include blood glow, tear mist, and purpling of the skin and eyes. Tell your doctor if you are pregnant and have not had intercourse within the past 18 months, or if you are nursing and have no children of your own. Christor has not been approved for simians or micropachyderms. Ask your shaman if Christor is right for you. Isn't it your turn to bear the crystal? Here's your fun fact. All kittens are born with blue eyes. They begin to change color at about two weeks after their eyes open. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. 
I just got to say real fast right here, ladies and gentlemen, I mislabeled uh, what I said there in the opening. It is not from Christor Inc. However, they are associates of Christor Inc. They are the Varels Bridge Society. The Texas ambassador himself uh, gave us that call. Very important. Very imperative. It's you Stick around. He's going to be after this extraordinary interview with DJ Scaramanga Silk, the one and only official DJ of Christor Inc. Uh, and thank you, by the way, to Maria Humphreys for at the uh, top of the hour being that book and to this extraordinary story. This is a variety show after all, folks. This is, this is what it's all about. Collaboration, reciprocation, precipitation, onward and forward and so forth. Thanks for listening. Now, who are, who are some of your musical influences? As in addition yeah. to KLF, in addition to KLF, because I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of music, so I try to be as eclectic as possible, um, partly through trust, but also. Because I worked in record shops and I was, you know, responsible for buying in records, I had to have a very, very broad spectrum in order to, to cater for for the store's needs. So, and also, and also being a creative person, I think trying to keep an open spectrum is really, really important because otherwise you become too narrow. But in terms of, you know, absolute influences, just limiting limiting it to music, and I, I, I try not to limit it to music, which I'll get to in a sec, but. It would be, all, I grew up in like the rave era, so all of the sort of record labels like Moving Shadow, who did, who did all the sort of drum and bass hardcore, production house records, and then a lot of techno artists, and then basically, you know, all of the classics, so your Underworlds, your Prodigies, oh, yeah. your Left Fields, all of those, they're the sort of big things, so the, the electronic dance music thing, that was really the sort of thing that's at my core, but you know, I have massive uh, enjoyment, respect, and admiration for the likes of people like George Clinton, all of the P-Funk movement. Um, I love Brazilian music, so people like Bebel Gilberto, um, uh, you know, ambient artists, so you know, people like Global Communication, Mark Pritchard, Tom Middleton, you know, in terms of you know, classic house music, um, jazz as well, a massive thing, hip-hop, uh, soul music, uh, all of that kind of stuff. But and then, I mean, that's in terms of direct inspiration and influences. But I try to, I like to look at that whole thing from the, the broader perspective. I think if you're just looking at, you know, a piece of music that you've heard, and then you're trying to follow that. I think that's not really the full spectrum of what is actually having an influence on you. There's a lot of subconscious things. So you know, being. Uh, from South London and all of that, there's you know very certain culture and attitude to certain things that you know you don't know that you're in. So only when you get older, you can start evaluating these things and you sort of move around it. You sort of start seeing certain attitudes towards stuff. Now I've always basically really and still I, the things that really move are innovation. That's that's what I'm always. Looking at. I love the original idea. I love people trying something different. I love seeing that, and obviously with so much music in the world it's harder and harder to sort of see that stuff but there is still stuff out there still a lot of people trying that 
Um, and then also, you know, other things that influence stuff, you know. So I still I remember when I was young watching Tron and those sort of sounds and that imagery. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's impact, you know, that has impacted my music, no doubt, even though it's you know, a sci-fi film, like all of that kind of stuff. And obviously soundtracks, TV adverts, which might sound like an odd thing, but, you know, we're we're hammered with that stuff and you know, the actual art and science behind making really good music for tv adverts is to me is a fascinating thing you know that you've got that 30 second sting to and all you know the audio branding behind it you know, you could have a six note melody on one instrument and you know like the, you know the, the, the little mcdonald's little uh, riff that you know everyone will know straight off the top of the heads or the coco pops melody etc all of that kind of, and then you know the whole uh you know family and everything that that's just around you just bringing all that together and then sci-fi and books yeah just the, the whole thing uh it's, it's a whole melting pot that ends up coming through so you what you create that. i feel you've done some of the soundtracks for your buddy you said for your friend's video game yeah yeah it's a yeah just quite a small little project so is that the only video game that you've done have you done other soundtracks for other i remember they have some of your music in there that's right yeah so that's so basically yeah it's originally part of the 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 esquire so um when i worked uh with spencer and then started and obviously uh with wiley on crystal and stuff um but yeah, uh, I've done very little else in the terms of sort of soundtrack stuff. It's a, you know it's an area that any musician, any producer um, is into and you know likes to explore. I think it's a real art form as well. Um, and yeah, something that maybe in the future I will potentially visit again. Because um, if you're saying you're into science fiction, I mean, can you imagine yourself doing a soundtrack for a science fiction movie? Yeah, well, funnily enough, so the, the album of my designer Scribble, right at the end of it, um, there's a three-track suite. Um, that was actually inspired by the Gold, uh, Goldie, a uh, drum bass artist that we have over here, and the Prodigy. Um, so Goldie, when he opened his Timeless album, he had three tracks that opened it um, in a sort of interlinked suite and like an ongoing concept piece, which I thought was quite different because you wouldn't really see that in that genre and then the prodigy on the children generation they ended their album with a again a free track concept piece so i really wanted to do something like that as a bit of a homage to two artists who massively influenced me and i just think it's a it's quite a cool and different kind of thing to do so what i ended up creating is called the voyage beyond andromeda suite which is completely sci-fi influenced so it goes across three tracks so the first is initially the whole traveling through space and that the whole sort of classic sound but with some other sort of genres put in there so there's some ambient stuff there's some sort of drama bass stuff a little bit of techno then the second track goes into like a classic battle so it's like two sides having a bit of a shootout in space and it's a much more aggressive track which just fuses a sort of style called jungle techno we had here in the UK which is like that sort of hard 4-4 techno but with sort of breakbeat over the top and at the end it's the sort of the new uh, rebirth so after the devastation of the battle then a new world is born so that sort of Matrix-esque ending to that trilogy 
so that kind of journey so that is that's kind of like even though it's not attached to a film um funny enough that is one of the tracks that ended up getting used in grandview boulevard oh that's cool yeah wow yeah so, so into the concept stuff as well so now with um uh, your involvement with Crystor Inc. What um, I, I just love that they got your name up there. Uh, you and this, <clears throat> they're also <clears throat> quote this woman, um, Sister Rose, I believe. Have you met yeah. some of these other people out out in uh, person? Some of these other folks that are involved. So this is this is the this is the thing. So I'm in the UK and I haven't met any of these people face to face, which I'd really love to. Obviously, when hopefully. When things change in the world, that is something that I, I'd, I'd plan to do. I'd love to get out over there and, um, you know, engage with these people because uh, they're all fast. Well, I know you've, you've had a few of them as guests on, on your podcast and, you know, those talks that you've had are endless and, you know, you're only just touching the surface and even then you've got amazing stuff from them. These are fantastic creative minds and, um, you know, they're the sort of people that you want to be around. Um so yeah I've, I, it's all been virtual it's all been virtual for me there was a screening of the Esquire um, several years ago which I was invited to but unfortunately I couldn't get out to the States at that time because I would have loved to have, to have been there and to have seen that it's cool to see how they were able to bring it and weave it into this whole mythology of all this other stuff it just keeps building and growing doesn't it yeah I mean who knows when it'll stop? I don't think it will stop. Um, you never really know what those guys have got planned next. Um, you know, the whole in bright axiom thing was again absolutely fascinating. You know, the fact that they've now got a AMC involved in that world, and then Crystal keeps going, and there's you know there'll be more to come from all of that. Um, I don't think those guys are are going to stop at any time soon. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you've met some of them and you've spoke with them. Um, they're highly creative people who, you know, when that, they get that seed for an idea, they'll come through with something pretty special and pretty epic. Yeah, it's uh, it was just such a smart idea with Chris Dora to 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 split up because um, I'm sure I'm sure when some people are watching dispatches from elsewhere and they're seeing some discrepancies in what's going on versus you know in the institute, the various you know uh, differences between them. It was really cool that Crystal Inc. was able to kind of split that into parallel universes. Like, okay, those are parallel universes in a sense. Those are kind of like they're they're both you know they're both important and they all fall in with the story. And here's how they fall in line with the stories. And it's just uh, it's just so fascinating. This whole idea of uh, you know they got these crazy things: royal elixir, affinity, light juice, uh, containment, impenetrable butterfly. Uh, Tessa tricks. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's it's such a, it's such a cool thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being made into a movie as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that's great about these guys is they're very, very good at documenting stuff, um, which I think it's important for people to, who are creative to to realise that that should also be part of what you do. You know, um, very early on. Um, when I was working in one of the record stores, um, I was working on a different musical project with a, uh, a good friend of mine, and we got called in to to the office. We thought we were in trouble for something or whatever, and then turns out that this particular manager had found out what we were doing um, creatively, and this was we were, we were quite early on, 
um, and he was his first thing was just like you guys need to document everything it's really really important because you just don't know where it's going to go or how it'd be useful and then other people can benefit from it and you can share it and other people can learn and initially at the time I thought that's a bit of a you know I was, I was young um, I didn't really take it too seriously I was just having a bit of fun making music but then quite quite soon I was like actually this all makes total sense so I've you know I've made a real habit I mean it's a lot easier now that we're in a digital age but you know, back then it's a case of you know getting your your press clippings and your reviews out of magazines and newspapers and all of that kind of stuff um, yeah I think you know it's good to make that stuff echo uh, for, for the future and yet yeah, going back to uh, Wiley and Spencer uh, and all of the team uh, yeah, what they've done with Crystal, I mean it's a fantastic website as well um, and the, the body of work I mean it's it's, it's a lot a lot of work to, to keep up yeah. with what's doing and um, I mean I know that you're aware so they've got a Discord attached to it um, and that, that bunch of people, they're a fantastic bunch of people, you know they've built an amazing community, they're having a lot of fun um, and, you know the way that those guys are documenting the whole process and investigating I mean when I came onto the project and the sort of my involvement then you know became transparent with like you said the, the testimonial video I was I was part of the discourse server um, and I watched an absolute amazement at the level of detail that these guys went to to investigate any little interaction that I put online it was absolutely incredible and yeah I've yeah, got so much respect and I, I I can only imagine how exciting and innovative that must be especially you know if, if you're growing up in this time or you're a teen or you know especially with lockdown and everything that's happening in the world right now to have something like that where you can join a community you can research stuff you can discover stuff you can have loads of fun and you know it's super creative as well and you know they're encouraging people you know they, they they've had logo competitions all that kind of stuff um you know it's been fantastic to be a part of and to watch and to continue to to see where it, how far it develops and yeah i do hope that they document it in um film form in, in in some capacity and i do believe that you're getting sister rose on the podcast at some point which i'm super excited yeah about. i want to i want to interview her and find out what the heck her uh, involvement is with this stuff i mean it's so funny because like it's it's there's always some phone number attached to these things there's always you know uh, secret passwords that you need to find out and and to put into these things which open up other things and then and then it, it it's like it rewards you for looking closely it, it, it rewards you for looking beyond what's what's just there on the page and clicking on something that you know and you're like wait hold on that that just led me that was a hyperlink i didn't expect that now it brought me to this thing like for instance now there's i'm on uh chris zorch or chris zorch yes which is great yeah fantastic which is like the bad guys you know version that's right God, it's just so funny. Like, what does this say? Feed the hole or something? There's just That's like right. this digital, you know, sort of black hole thing online. Feed the hole, and uh, they got all these various demented projects, uh, uh, th- products that you can buy. A zinger meteorite. I mean, it's it's just so cool. And if I'm 
and I think that the Kieran eggs, I love this, Kieran eggs, hatch them, feed them, breed them, enslave them. And I think that's a grown-up Kieran right there, that creature that was in uh, uh, yeah. the Esquire, right? Is that a Kieran? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, just touching on what you were saying there, Kurt, I mean, what I think is great, and we're, you know, we're very much in a world of instant gratification where you don't need to dig too deep to get what you want. And those guys have created something where, like you say, the reward is actually in the depth. And mm-hmm. um, that's, that's something I really, really personally enjoy, but I think it's really important right now. I think world building and having depth is where you, you know, that's where you're really going to benefit from stuff rather than just touching stuff on the surface, which is just too easy to just tap on a quick you know, seven second video on Instagram or, you know, watch a, a quick five minute thing. On, and I'm not knocking those things. These are all great things as well. But I think, you know, you do need to have the balance of um, those deeper explorations because they, they give you something that's, I think, far more long lasting, something that you can get better like, learnings from as well. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, this is like an educational tool. This is, this is, this yeah. is uh, a, a so, lens that you get to learn through yeah so uh, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um because you know going back to what we were saying about you know um as you get older the sort of education systems don't encourage the, the creativity um so you know if there's things out there like this online and you know also these guys a lot of this stuff that they do it's free yeah you know it's incredible that they're giving this stuff away and there's no charge um, and you know, even then, I know that's that's been cause of debate and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but to me, as layers of intrigue, you know, there's the fact that this, you know, how has this been funded? Why is it being done? Not? And but because you know, as much as we're also we're also in a very materialistic world, right. or, or a world driven by money. So if there's actually people out there where you can't understand their motivation because it doesn't seem to be driven by money, I think that's really, really healthy to show that there's other things out there that are outside of your the, the, the most obvious motivations that we have for why we do stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, you have to be creative to appreciate that. Yeah, it's like the, it's it's such a crazy and beautiful and novel concept to think that people would, cr- would go to the... Uh, intricacy of making such a detailed world um for for the fun of it for the playfulness of it for for just the um in honor of imagination and exploration and it's so cool because these these become lenses that will subliminally sort of teach people to look deeper beyond what's what's right there like you were saying with the instant gratification stuff i mean um these these are analogies that can actually just be applied to as you know to call back what we were saying before law of attraction and the way that the universe works if if we can like with a tool like this that teaches you to look beyond what's there and to follow the easter eggs and to um um follow an inspiration and see where it goes by 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 training ourselves to do that what happens then is that that view now is then transposed upon just the world in general all the world out there in general so now we we can look beyond a situation and go okay hold on let's not count the eggs before they hatch yet let's not look at this and go okay all is lost or this is a terrible situation we have no parking oh we're out at the beach there's no parking you know okay yeah it looks like that but 
let's just pretend that there's a perfect spot right there for us and it's going to you know it's going to bring us to it and you know let's just see what happens and all of a sudden next thing you know there, there a parking space opens up and, and brings you into it and um it's it's incredible because I think growing up playing point-and-click adventure games like the Lucas Arts games, Maniac Mansion, oh yeah, Zach McCracken and uh, Money, Monkey Island, those kinds of games they teach you that type of thing where you go, you know, the the game would be over in five minutes if if the person was if if you actually played out that first mission that was given to you. Like for someone's like, okay, go find me my my car keys are in my. Um, coat pocket hanging on you know in my coat pocket okay cool all right cool all right there you go there's the car keys and that's the end of the game no in order to find the coat pocket you know it's it's in the coat which is in the car but then you need a another key or someone's permission to get in there you know so it, it becomes this there are a series of things and you know you might find yourself at a door and you're going okay i have no key i don't know how the heck what i'm gonna do here and if you don't look around hard enough, you won't see that loose panel that's hanging out over there. You know, it, it's like by looking and, and testing out that loose panel, now you're rewarded with a, you know, some switch that opens up this whole other thing. And so, uh, you're, yeah, you're so right. We, we've been primed for this. I had some of those games, and uh, also the other thing that prepares you for is patience because I'm, I used to play those on, you, you used to load a cassette tape. Are you from that era oh as well? Gosh. So it's literally a tape into your computer and then it would take forever. And then, you know, you'd have to wait half an hour for it to load That's and then right. you could yeah, start playing that kind of game. Right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that is like basically the, the 80s version uh, on a really simplistic level. And it's been now taken. It, it's, it's hot. It's exactly the same concept. You're so right. Totally, totally. Um, and yeah, I think the more of that we see in the world... Um, the better and um, something i wanted to run by you kurt um sorry to deviate um but i, I don't know if it's something i stumbled on a while back i don't know if it's something you're aware of but i think in terms of creativity it's quite an interesting model um something i've sort of tried to apply to some stuff um have you heard of the disney method the disney method yeah no. so um basically they came up with this process around creativity um, and it says that you need to kind of like wear three different hats or ideally it'd be three different people and basically the first person or the first hat would be the dreamer so this is basically the visionary person who's like here's the big idea here's what I want to do but they don't go beyond that they're just like here's the idea and then the second person within that um, process is the the realist so this will be your person be like okay understand your vision here's what you need to do here's how you get it done here's how you deliver it here's how you build it and then the final person in that triangle is the critic so the critic looks at the other two and it's just like yeah it's a good idea but there's this that's going to be an issue and then basically you need to be able to wear all three of those hats in order to have a, a successful creative project and I think it's you know it's, it's quite an interest because it's hard to know if you have all three skills, but I think probably the most creative people are able to dive between those three. Some people do it in different orders. Um, and then sometimes you, you do do some of those things in parallel, really depending on how you work. But I think it's a really fascinating more. And the fact that they've actually used 
I, th- I don't know if they still do, but that I think it was a major part of that organisation. For and obviously, you know, we were all very aware of the sort of work that they've um, contributed to the world. I just brought this up now. I'm looking at this. Yeah, the dreamers, the realists, the critic. Now, what's so crazy? Yeah. This is this is oh, man. It's so crazy because like what what's what's neat is that each job has sort of this helps sort of divide up the mind for 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 artists i think if they kind of yes okay this mindset right now is entering the space and being aware that that's that's its own sort of entity and and um and i think it could help out people with creativity big time because right now as we were talking about before (laughs) um people will you know while they're in the middle of dreaming all of a sudden then the critic comes in and and the critic's already telling them how that's not going to work and it's like look dude okay you're 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 stepping in a little too early here okay critic go go over there go over there we'll let you know when we need you we'll let you know when we need you right now we're just dreaming you know let us let us at least play with the idea of what could be you know instead of coming up with all the reasons why it won't be or you know um uh, how it won't work because a lot of times the critic is just showing you how it won't work they're point they're, they're picking out the holes they're p- putting out the you know oh that's not gonna work that's not gonna work what's interesting and this this is so crazy because it's like it, it'd be interesting to devise a method let's say for instance if you're the one who has to wear all the hats oh so, yeah okay the dreamer i'm going to allow to dream you know x amount of minutes or whatever and none of these other you know the realist and the critic they're not allowed in the conversation right now it's just we're just going to have pure dreamers there it is okay now let's move to this the stage of the realist okay now we're going to just only spend time with the with the realist okay now let's move to the stage of the critic i think what's what's crazy is having that sometimes the critic which I view as sort of like the adult in a lot of cases, the adult who's got their arms crossed and like, oh, I'm yeah. sure that's going to work. And then the dreamers are kind of like the little kids who are just, you know, getting muddy and they're willing to let them get the dirt, dirt under the fingernails and uh, the mud on their faces. And they're, they're just willing to just dive into the thing. Um, what's, what, what, what's interesting about this method. And it's crazy because I would love to be able to figure out how to make it exist. Um, um, in parallel with what you and I were talking about earlier, which is, like your buddy said, follow an idea. Let's just see where it goes. Where does it want to go? Yeah. So that's that becomes such an interesting thing because you're like, okay, does that mindset coexist with the Disney method or is it its own kind of rogue bandit <laughs> you know yeah I, I think you're right i yeah no i see what you're, you're um getting i mean they probably can't coexist um but i mean again this is the the whole one of the things that fascinates me about creativity is yeah. like everyone's got their own way of working yeah. right it's like you know when i you know, i don't know how you write your music but you know i might start with uh, a, dr- a drum break for example but another time i'm like oh, no, i don't, I don't want to keep starting with drums let's just start with whatever i'm going to try a little piano referral i've got a a really great vocal that i want to work with and then you know everyone's got their own way of doing it and um you know that's what's part part of the uh the beauty of the whole thing is just how unique it is and how how you work your own way and obviously as we were talking about the other day the tools that are now available to allow us to arrive at our own conclusions are are totally fantastic um and you know looking at that disney method i think the critic could also be 
even though it's not intended, I don't think in their in their model could be where that's where the lack of confidence might come mm. in. That's where the the procrastination ah, may come in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 complex, isn't it? I mean, wow. but it's just you know, it's all, it's all modes of working, ways of thinking. Um, you know, there's there's been some debate around the critic recently from. Um, Again, again, the gentleman that I was talking about, Stephen Clark, 1980, who's a great uh, sort of techno artist and also author. He was talking about that, and then Blind Boy, who's like a um, Irish uh, hip hop artist, a fantastic podcaster, um, and he's also got sort of some sort of TV stuff, sort of expose, sort of humour. Um, he was talking about the need to put the critic out of the way until the very last moment, mm. um, which obviously can make a lot of sense because uh, otherwise it can just stop you yeah. or it can just sa- it can sabotage your creativity yeah because you know okay so so uh, for the longest okay so in my brain I imagine there are okay when, whenever I think of a critic I think of I, I usually always just default back to like Roger and Ebert or, or Ebert or uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert you know the the yeah movie critic dudes so they're they're sitting in the audience they're watching what's going on or let's say if we want to move it to sports for instance okay the critics in a sense it just it, it immediately my brain are is the audience and then and then the the dreamers are in a sense those who are playing out on the fields or those who are up on stage or what have you or those who are in the movie so yeah the a dreamer a dreamer does not have the <laughs> the dreamer does not let's see the, the dreamer is in that moment. The dreamer is in that moment. They're, they're busy doing what they're doing. And then the critics can always say, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. Or how come you went left instead of right? Didn't you know there's a person coming up behind you and that was going to tackle you? No, I did. I didn't. I was busy dreaming what I was doing in this moment right now. The, the critics will always have the luxury of being able to tell you what you should have done, what you didn't do right, <laughs> what, you know, the wrong way to go. Um, you know, if only you had done that instead. Oh, thank you for the time travel advice. Thank you. You know, so it's like, it's such an interesting thing because the critics are there analyzing. It's almost like a filtration system, it seems. The dreamers are just the pure open, you know, like the dam, if the dam just bursts and it's like going through. Um, it's almost like it's like you, you can't necessarily coexist being the person standing on uh, uh, on the shore watching the water go by as well as being the water going by <laughs> so yeah it's such a crazy it's such a crazy thing isn't it yeah i mean i think the way i kind of look, look at this because uh, it's, it's interesting you could argue that there's nothing creative about the critic right right but um, I think the way I kind of use this, from, maybe this is just my interpretation on the model, is, you know, I'm big into the editing process. I think that, and the mix-down process, you know, as, as with music, and I think that's probably where the critic comes in in terms of you know, a musical process or if you're writing a book. So, you know, you've had the idea and then you've had the, the second step with the implementation from the realist. And then the critic is there to basically, that's where the polish comes in. It's like, okay, you know, that's good, that's great. But here, this is where you cut that down by two seconds, you know, play that key a little bit longer, add an arpeggio here. 
And it's just those little things that take it from being a, you know, an 80% product to a 95, 100% product. Yeah. It's like the so, George, Sir George Martin of the Beatles, right? He's the guy who's going, okay, we made yeah. all these sounds. Now let's, let's do all little intricate stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people don't talk about, well, that's kind of like, I think that there's a saying that I've kind of got, which I think, I believe that there's art in the edits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people talk about that, you know, because you only hear, again, you only, more often than not, you only see the end product. It just sounds, so, you know, the real great eyes make it sound like it's the most natural, obvious, and <laughs> easiest thing ever. Oh, yeah. And that's because they're, but, you know, as you're aware, you know, there's years of craft and learning and playing and practicing and, being out there performing and all that's what it's all boiled down to in that particular moment um but yeah the the, the edit uh, as much as it can be some of the hardest process i think for a lot of musicians because you know i've been in studios where you know we've had mix down after mix down or you've had a technical failure and you know you've had to do 20 versions just to get get it to that and you know you play it to someone who's not aware of the work and they you know they can't hear the difference between version three and version 20 <laughs> right. but you can right right so yeah it's just just that um that uh that part of being a creator that that polishing that obsessiveness boy oh boy wow wow i and that's the thing too it's like i i mean and I, maybe i'm just speaking for myself but i'd like to i, I mean I'm, I'm imagining that the frustration that musicians or, or, or directors or editors might have with their craft is, is that idea of uh, being at a standstill, is that idea of, of what they feel are roadblocks that they got to get beyond. And, and it, it would be ultimately, ultimately I'm thinking these people want to have a smooth, easy flowing easy going process being in the zone the whole time you know really just having a ball with it having a blast with it and and stamping all those good vibes into the into the product that they're making and i'm thinking this you know us looking at this disney method this i mean this is just giving me so many ideas here because i'm thinking for for creators it would be great to show them you know sort of a method that could help um, help them be in that state of mind where they're where it's playful the whole time. Like like for instance, you could say, uh, okay, if you find yourself getting frustrated or, or 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 worried about the sheer amount of you know the sheer volume of choices, no worries. That's that's just that's just a mindset. Okay, you can let set that over there and then whoop, go over here to this mindset and and activate this kind of mindset that would allow you to circumvent those frustrations perhaps um gosh there's just got to be a way where to to apply that method that we were talking about earlier that's sort of like you know waiting to the last minute and 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 going okay all of a sudden you're like you just struck with this idea and you immediately get the whole thing done and let's say for instance if someone gave you let's say they go okay you got to start at 8 a.m and by 8 p.m., you gotta have an entire album done. <laughs> you know, that's your, that's what you oh, gotta God. do. And you know, 10 songs, and whoop, there you go. I think something like that might feel thrilling, and might help get someone out of 
an over-critiqued uh, mind space. 100%, 100%. That forced deadline um, is such a great trick. I mean, I mean, you're probably aware of people in your world who, you know, I know so many creative people, but so many people fail to finish work. Yeah. Um, and I fit, you know, it's a shame. I, uh, it's such a hurdle, and it's so important to finish stuff, even if it's at a point where maybe because for me, the only I, I'm a big believer that the only way you actually get better as a creative is by finishing stuff and then starting new stuff. Because if you never finish it, yes, I don't think you get those learnings, you just don't advance. Um, and you know, actually, the more I look at the Disney method, it does make me start thinking it'd be quite interesting to to play with the method like what yeah. if I actually started off as as a critic and actually going right here's loads of problems with something yeah, right. and then try and try and approach, uh, add some dreaming to it and then add the, re- the realist aspect at the end what, what would that sound like gosh you know and that's the crazy thing too that's the other really crazy thing too that's really popping in my brain is the fact that you know a lot of times there's this idea of wanting to um um, um, like, like, you know, there are loads of books out there, you know, a, you know, the specific method to, I don't know, write a hit song or a specific method to yeah. write this perfect screenplay or this, you know, the perfect method. And what's, what's so. I could see you writing a book, Kurt, if you haven't already. You should, man. You should. It'd be a smash. Maybe I gotta. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do it, man. Maybe I oughta. Gosh, yeah, I think you're inspiring me to 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 do this because it's like, gosh, it it's like it's such a it's such an interesting, gosh, it's it it's just such a a crazy thing to try to wrap our brains around because it's like for for every manufactured way that that we try to like pop songs, you can tell, okay, this is a manufactured, this is made for this. It has a very short lifespan. Okay, here it is. And and it's popular for a few months. Okay, and then it goes away. Then you get those people who are like Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan or Tom Waits. You get these dudes who, you know, or KLF. There's there's yeah. authenticity there. There's a quality that transcends the ages. And and it, it, it's like there's 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 it, it it shows us that there are vibrations out there that are perfectly in tuned with whatever vibration we are going to put out there, no matter how much overthought we give it or how much we, because it's crazy because one person's perfectionism, like um, um, it might take this person, you know, I don't know, 10 years to, to perfect yeah. their very first album to another person that that could just come rolling on you know they just roll out of bed and they create something like that and yeah someone might look at what that person who just rolled out of bed and created that thing and they go oh you just doodled you 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 just created a thing you didn't put much thought or effort into it yet yet to the person who spent 10 years to put out a project product that <laughs> that might sound similar <clears throat> um people are like oh this is astounding you spent x amount of years doing this oh my gosh you know you you know you're worth the praise but this guy over here who only did you know who just did an album in a, in, in a day i don't know i don't know if i can respect that and it's like what what the heck you know it's from the same ether it's from yeah i thought it's a strange thing for us to be obsessed over i, I, I sometimes i i'm intrigued to why do people actually publish or make public how long it took them to record a body of work yeah uh, it was resolved, but I mean, 
I'm sure you've been there. So I, some of the stuff I've slaved over has been some of my best, but then there's other stuff where I've literally spent a day or two and I think it's okay and it's good enough to put it on and it's really, really well received. Yeah. You just, you just never know. Um, but for me, it's just, it's about the product. I mean, it's just, just how inspiration works. Sometimes you, you've had, you, you must've had a studio session where you've just done something and like idea one, I really love this idea. How's it sound in my head? Great. That's exactly how it sounds in my head. You get it down. Oh, I need a beat to go with that. Try it. And literally the first bit and everything just drops into place. Yeah. And some days it just goes like that. Yeah. Other days, you know, two things work and seven things don't, or you're just, you can't even find the first synth sound that you want or whatever. It's just, it's just all part of it. You just, it's just about putting the, putting the hours in, exploring and just seeing where it takes you every time. Wow. Wow. Which actually, Kurt, leads me to, um, I think it's a related point. So I mentioned, I'm not, this isn't a plug or whatever. Um, so my album, Designer Scribble, the reason for that name is it's about the creative process that's actually what that that means so um i think we're slightly alluding to it here where you know a lot of us who are creative we're a lot of artists basically are, are worried that they're going to get found out that we're not really proper artists so like <laughs> so I, only, I only took two minutes to write that tune yeah. or i ha- i haven't got a music degree or you know i th- i didn't study that right. particular thing or whatever we've all got we've all got that that uh, little insecurity in the back of our mind that we're going to get found out it's, it's just part of being an yeah, artist yeah. so <laughs> yeah. with with design and scribble for me what i like about it is it's actually a contradiction How, something can't be scribbled and be designed yeah. that's not really possible but what i'm actually trying to say with that title is i'm scribbling and then by doing that and playing with it and polishing it and then working on it and developing it, it's also a, a polished product at the end. It's about the whole process as in like, I've doodled from a completely blank canvas. I've had a bit of a play. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not qualified, but here's the thing at the end and this is how it sounds and that's the finished thing. So therefore it's designer and it's scribble. Brilliant, man. That is absolutely brilliant. Oh my gosh. This is such a great symbolic representation. Just the name of your album alone, designer scribble. That's a perfect symbolic, symbolic representation to actually sum up uh, all of these stuff, uh, these things that we've been talking about here. It's so yeah. great. Designer scribble. Yeah. Even the scr- scribble is designed, you know, the scribble in yeah. a sense, um, it's it's god that's just brilliant because what what immediately pops into my brain is of course like the andy warhol type of stuff where it yes. got to the point where all he had to do was scribble on canvas and that's you know a million dollars in and just uh-huh. you know, it's, yeah exactly it's incredible it's yeah i mean so, so backtrack so the way i arrived at that was um i was at the national portrait gallery in london and like i'm not educated in the world of art um but i like that you know I, you, when you're so close to something like music it's very easy to be like you know i know that synth sound i i know that drum break and, and you know you can just pick stuff apart in a half second because you're so immersed in that world but with art because i don't have any education in it it's just something that i just stumble upon and i've got that naivety like a like a child almost i could just go in and something can hit me in that, you know, way that you kind of get when you don't know a specific thing. So I was walking around and then I saw a self-portrait by an artist um, who's German-British called Frank Auerbach. 
and basically the way he'd done this portrait the style was it wasn't like nicely crafted colored all these sorts of layers and shades and whatever other techniques you recall it's literally just a series of little scribbles mm. but then when you looked at it as a whole you could see a face and i was just like that is genius i hadn't seen that technique done for a portrait and it was it's just i thought it was really powerful and then so that's what sat with me i was like that's what i want for the cover up i wanted to digitize it and make it more modern um so i was fortunate enough to collaborate and commission um from an artist called cox and pax who is a fantastic uh, digital artist and musician as well who releases music on planet mew but there's an incredible stuff um video and visual um which i strongly suggest people go go and check out a great guy tom as well um but then there's a comedian uh here called alexi sale and i just remember him using that phrase design a scribble and at the time this is way before i got into creative this is when i was in my teens and i didn't really understand the context but literally all those years later i was like there it is that's the name <laughs> so it's funny how those things sit with you oh my god all of those different worlds coming together so that's literally comedy and art and music all coming together brilliant oh my god isn't it interesting that little seed was planted in your brain a little did you realize yeah. later on it would grow into this redwood tree and you're like holy i love those moments when that epiphany strikes you and you're going yeah Whoa, this is the answer it's i was like, looking so- for yeah you just know it's meant to be right it's like there's just too many paths you know like you're saying the synchronicities all the the coincidences the journeys that you've been on the people you've mixed the you know the the art and the music the comedy that you've enjoyed all along the way everything that you've absorbed consciously subconsciously and then it comes to that moment and it just hits and you're like there you go ready Man, I love those. I love those. I love the epiphanies. I love it. They're just the cheapest thrill on earth. The epiphanies, the deja vus, the synchronicities, all those little things. They cost nothing, and yet they give such value and and lighten and uh, and and heighten your spirit. And then, of course, that then so true. You know, what's beautiful is about that. What's great is that that spirit now is infused in whatever next conversation you're having with someone or the next email that you're writing or the next song that you're writing or um that that vibe is then stamped into that next project um with with that high vibration and it's it's so interesting because i feel like um when when you have that kind of enthusiasm that enlightenment and you put it into an art project and when people go wow i really like this i can't put my finger on why i really like this well maybe the thing they can't put their finger on is the authenticity is the excitement and the enthusiasm that was that vibe that was actually woven into the project itself uh because epiphanies man those are like the most authentic message from the source from from the universe of letting us know yep you know what you're you're touching you know you're touching pure cosmicality here (laughs) you know good yeah i mean I think it it goes related to that. It, it actually, you know, it it gives validation, which artists, you know, do require to a certain extent, and it also helps reinforce your purpose by having those those moments, those epiphanies that you mentioned, uh, which is, you know, you know, a massive, massive thing, and you know, a, a big part of the journey. And leading on from that, another thing that I find 
And one of the reasons I would massively really urge people to tap into any creative idea that they have is where those things can take you. You know, some of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet, to mingle, to share time with, share ideas with, and who are, you know, people that, you know, in the past and still to this day that I admire, look up to, respect, who inspire me, you know, I've been able to, to meet them on a level because I've done something creative and it's found them and they have reacted to it and, you know, they're, they're into it and they enjoy it as well. I mean, that's such an amazing thing to do, which is just, you know, if you're not tapping into creative, you might not realise just what you're capable of and who you're capable of reaching and connecting with. And, you know, we're, this is all about connection. That's that's what the art is, is there for. Wow, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what's so cool is that the imagination is, you know, it's been said that the imagination is where the blueprint is created for what happens out here in our in our physical reality and imagination is basically the uh, you know the 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 infinite possibilities that are swimming around you know that the universe is providing all possibilities and um for us to give give that imagination uh, a platform to 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 live in and to kind of like what we were talking about earlier you got all these ideas and you want to you want to get them out there into the world. You want them to thrive and um, for them to, you know, stretch out, stretch out, there, get, let them out of the cage, you know, get them, let them stretch and go out there and play on the playground and have a lot of fun and, you know, possibly be enjoying the company of others. Uh, and it just, it feels so good when you do connect with the others who have uh, explored those territories. I mean, it's like, it's like the conversation you and I are having right now is, is like, I imagine if like Marco Polo and uh, uh, what's the guy, uh, Lewis and Clark, you know, if they were to sit down and go, oh, you know, here are my explorations. Wow, that's cool. That matches up with my explorations, you know, and I came across this and I, I had to use my machete and, and chop down the weeds and find a good, you know, good watering hole that had clean water. Oh, my God, me too. I had to do that same thing. And then I had to find a cave where there are no bears, you know, a place where I could hide from the rain and say, oh, yeah, me too. You know, you start comparing notes and there's a big thrill there. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about you know, about the power of imagination and the gift and one of the aspects that I really, really love about it is um, it's one of the things that truly separates us from, from other species. I, I, you know, I, I want to be in harmony with them all, but when you look at how many species are on this planet and what, you know, what separates us, the, the ability for us to you know, create paintings and music and art and write books it's so incredibly unique yeah um you know when i got into electronic music i was just fascinated by the whole concept that i can go to a machine or a set of machines put something into those machines it comes out instrumental and then someone else who's not connected to me who could be anywhere in the world can hear that and that emotion, that feeling, that message that I've put in can then translate through a machine, through an instrument piece of music to that person and it it transcends language and I just, that's an incredible thing and like it's, I I think, you know, it's beyond our real comprehension like as to why these vibrations collected in an organised manner are so powerful. Wow! It's so intriguing, yeah, because you know what? That person who hears your music, that now can become their theme song. 
you know, for some particular thing when they're going out, you know, uh, when they're going out or um, um, when they're going through a tough time or when they're going through, you know, an exciting time, you know, that, that your your music might pop back up in their brains as the soundtrack of their life. And it's interesting. There's a really cool documentary called, uh, uh, oh, God, what is it called? Searching for Sugar Man. Have you ever seen that? I've seen it. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How brilliant is that? Incredible. Here's this guy. Yeah, fantastic. That everyone, you know, there are all these myths about him. Did he die? Did he shoot himself on stage? Did he catch on fire? You know, what happened to this guy? Is he still around? Did he die? Um, and, and little, and yeah, sure enough, he's out there living. And little does he realize that the music that he made long ago is still reverberating through all these people's lives, through their, you know, becoming the soundtrack of their lives and, and becoming their protest songs and becoming their anthems. And these people completely loving this, you know, Rodriguez's uh, uh, music. Him having no idea that these people even know he's he exists. <laughs> and, you know, here's his music living on through, you know, decades and, and inspiring all these people. I mean, that's like, that just blows my mind. Just that possibility existing. Yeah, it's the most incredible story. I mean, I've heard you talk about it in other podcasts. It's something I, I, you know, I deeply believe in. Is that all of this is about legacy, right? It's mm-hmm. about passing stuff on, stuff that, that can outlive you. Um, you know, I'm really keen for you know after I'm gone that if people find my work and you know can enjoy it in what in what in whatever way. I think I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, and you know the fact that we live in an age where, you know, we've got these these networked computers all over the world, and this stuff can be easily archived, and you know a lot of it you can make available at a very little cost to people, so you've got no barriers to access. We, you know, we're living in a fa- fantastic time, and anyone that's that's creative should you know put as much as of, of their their self, their personality, and their soul. In, into their creations because let it, you know let it echo through time and uh, so it's just a an important I think it's you know I personally think it's massively important and something that we should all be thinking about when when we're at that uh, blank canvas man it's so intriguing because with those kinds of things our spirit is still I love that our spirit is still continuing to communicate with people long after we're gone I mean I can't tell you how many times I've listened to Alan Watts and I feel like I know the guy, you know, he's speaking. Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> he's speaking to the stuff that is still applicable stuff that, you know, if you, if you, if you apply what he's telling you about, you know, you're going to find some interesting results and start seeing some crazy, interesting stuff. And I mean, it's like, it's so, it just blows my mind that, yeah, you, you're, even though a physical body is gone, there's that spirit still reverberating through the ages, still inspiring people. Um, people are still bringing up Aristotle quotes. Uh, people are still talking about Gandhi. People are still, you know, referencing some, you know, Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, if those guys are looking down, I mean, how much of a thrill must that be oh to know that you've, you've created that and then through centuries you've been able to have that sort of influence and inspiration for humanity it's just incredible oh my god um and i've got to thank you kurt also because you know from our conversations you've put me in um 
not in touch, but uh, you've connected me to some amazing sort of work out there by the likes of Orson Welles and Alan Abel and others, which, you know, I am massively enjoying. It's right up my street. Oh, my God. Thank um, you for checking those you know, out, man. No, no, honestly, it's like, oh. you know, to, to be able to connect with you, someone who's got your attitude persona and but also your you know your knowledge and the fact you're so willing to share it openly um and in, you know bring other people into those worlds you know someone you know, as a dj and someone's worked as a on radio and worked in record shops so that's what it's always been about in terms of opening it up you know finding the the people to connect to you know reaching the the audiences that these things deserve man well thank you man i, I mean it's you know especially when you're going down that Alan Abel route and you see all the crazy hijinks that he was that he was up to and um uh and I I did a I did an inter- a couple of interviews with him a, a while back and I'll and I'll, I'll no way I'll send those to you this is before oh, I'd love to hear those you can hear Thank all you. these crazy I mean crazy stories that he <laughs> he tried there's this one where he tried to uh uh he tried to pull off a um a hoax of a of a UFO landing and uh, wow. they, they actually built like a real size. No, wait, what? What was it? Oh no, that's right. No, that was a Loch Ness monster prank that they were going to do. They built a, a life size Loch Ness <laughs> monster, and they were going wow. to get people. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know if the thing fell apart or what happened. But then there was another one where he he did. Um, he tried to do um, like like a, uh, an ET, like an ET landed, and he painted up his buddy in green and everything. And, and uh, the cops came out and it didn't, you know, it didn't make as big of a splash as they were really hoping. They were really trying to make the papers with. Uh, wow. I love the ambition of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, it's oh, it's it's just so funny. Once you realize that just just how silly the media really is and and how they're just they're just they just want content. You know, they just want to put something out there. So once he started yeah. seeing that, he's like, okay, I'm going to leverage this. I'm going to start putting on these fake protests and I'm going to start, you know, d- doing, you know, I'm going to fake my death. And, you know, I mean, there's just like tons of endless. Yeah. So I'll, I'll forward those things. To you. Yeah. Put thank some you. Ideas in your brain. Are we, so are we going to get cut off? Cause we're getting close to two hours. Oh, yes, yes, I don't yes, want to uh, really get compromised. I'm glad you said that. So what, what kind of, um, where would you like to direct people to find you, to find your music, to find you, you know, anywhere? Yeah, thank you. Um, so basically, my website is scaramangasi.lk. Um, there's a lot of stuff on there. And then just Scaramanga Silk on Facebook, Twitter. Um, and yeah, that will lead you to most of my stuff. And then uh, the label uh, that I released the album on, microspiral.com. And Kurt, thank you so much for having me, man. This has been super enjoyable. Um, you've massively got me inspired over the last few weeks that we've been talking and it's been amazing to meet you and I'm, you know, I'm sure we're going to have many more chats oh, yeah. and I wish you all the luck with your projects and stuff and please keep safe out there man. oh my god absolutely thank you this has been so enjoyable so high vibrating and uh, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you know I'm probably going to chop this up into two pieces so I can I can sparse it out you know parse it out yeah no that's fantastic yeah thank you Kurt, man, you're an inspiration, man. You really live up to the name of the podcast, sir. Oh, man, thank you, dude. You're an inspiration, too, and, and you have a great thank day, you, and man. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, take care, man. Right, too. Bye. See ya.